Welcome to the podcast, the Macaw Podcast Universe. Not Podcast Macaw Universe, the Macaw Podcast Universe. It's hosted by two people. My name is Jordan. And my name is Micah. You can call me Momo. <laughs> okay. And we have a last name that we share. I bet you can guess what it is. A union and marriage. Yeah. It's Macaw. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're, we're, last week we went through... And and we disrupted our Three Colors trilogy, and we talked about Scream 6. But another movie came out this week that we have to talk about, because it goes back to another series we've covered, which is the DC Extended Universe, and that is a movie called Shazam! Fury of the Gods. Now, I'm very excited to talk about this movie. We saw it, and um, the, Shazam 1 was a movie that I found to be charming and one of the best of the DC movies. Mm -hmm. So when I knew they were making another movie with basically the same crew, I was like, heck yeah, sign me up. I'm excited. Where were you at? Uh, Did not care, weirdly enough. No, I'm talking pre-trailers. I still was just like, I I think I was just, I'm done with DCEU, as everyone else is, so it's like... If they, ne- if they never made another Shazam, it's like, that's fine. The first one was great. So even prior to seeing the trailer, I was a little bit like, I don't care. I don't know if I've ever communicated that to you. Okay, okay, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, and th- this movie is one of those victims of COVID mm-hmm. where it just kept getting pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. And at one point, it was going to come out. Well, I mean, at one point, Aquaman was going to come out. First? Uh, I don't know if it was first, but like like this movie was going to come out, you know, in the fall, I think. And then Aquaman would come out in the winter. And then this slot got changed to, okay, Shazam's going to come out in December. The slot that Aquaman was going to come out. But then then they, they did a smart move, but they were like, let's not even try to compete with Avatar. Yeah. Just move it, push it to March. Mm-hmm. And there was still part of me that the closer we got, I'm like, are they actually going to come out with it, though? Yeah. And then couple that with some of the worst trailers, I think. For Pretty bad trailers. It made me very not excited for this movie. Yeah, it, it looked like the whole movie took place in one area, which was like yeah. a football field and then like a street corner. Yeah. Or a street. And that's that was kind of it. And it was kind of like, huh, is this I think for me too, not going to be good? What contributed to my not caring is... I, I like the story of the first one a lot, and it's like I think I'm done. I, like I don't think I don't think I need to learn anything more. I don't think I need to see these characters develop. Yeah. Anymore. That's that's a from that's a me problem. Yeah, I yeah, admit. no, but I I know what you mean. Yeah. So then with seeing this trailer for this movie, and they're like kind of establishing what it's going to be about, it's like I don't know, just don't really not really interested. Yeah, and it it just it, it looked a little bit rough. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like not for me. Helamirin's not a draw. No, no. So, so I remember. So there, there are three movies in this next little calendar event where it's like we had to disrupt our series. So we did, you know, Scream, and I bought the tickets like as soon as they came out, and then John Wick Four, which we're covering next week, bought the tickets as soon as they came out. And this movie, I waited a long time to buy tickets. We oh. still got like an early showing of the movie. Yeah. But I, I just was kind of like, whatever, mm-hmm. we'll see it, I'm, we'll figure it out. Um, and I, I feel like there's just not a lot of buzz about the movie. And and 
I don't want to overstate this, but I do think the change in leadership at Warner Brothers, which is something I am pro and excited about with James Gunn and Peter Safran taking over. You mean DC specifically? You said Warner Brothers. Oh, I meant I meant DC. Yes, yeah. thank you. And this kind of like thing that I'm still trying to parse out of like what they're doing with the movies and stuff that all seems like maybe they've complicated it even further with their explanation. Yeah. But maybe not. I don't know. We'll we'll discuss that um at a different time. But I, I just am kind of like, I wonder how many people are kind of like, I don't know, let me just wait till this is like restarted or something. Yeah. Um, and it seems like it's not going to do super well. Like, this you know, movie? yeah, it, it seems like the, the, it, you know, it'll probably make its money back because it's only a hundred million dollar budget. This That's is a, it. Yeah. This is a low budgeted movie wow. for, you know, uh, a superhero movie. So. You know, I, hopefully it'll make its money back, but it's kind of like, uh, you know, there's just not quite like, you got to go out and see Shazam. And the other one was kind of like a breakout hit. Yeah. And you you would hope that a sequel would be like a breakout sequel, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but it just doesn't feel like the enthusiasm is there. No, it doesn't. And so we're going to see where it heads. Mm-hmm. And I'm still I'm still keeping people at bay on what I think about this movie. Yeah. But but we came across something treacherous when we went and saw this movie. And Jordan, this is where I'd like you to kind of take over for me. Well, keep in mind all of the stuff that we said. So not not very high expectations coming into this movie. Um, so we're there, and we when we're in the theater, it's pretty dang loud, audience wise. And this is just the trailer part, and it's like, yeah, uh, that doesn't bode well. But. Mike and I talk during the trailers, like we, but we're talking yeah. about the trailers and, um, I'm sure people have thought like, I hope these people shut up by the time the movie starts. Right. So it was just like, maybe that'll happen. Although it's a lot of teenagers. Uh huh. Um, and then the movie starts and it seemed to be going that way a little bit. Yeah. Thankfully this movie was pretty dang loud most of the time. Right. Um, so it drowned out what was probably the most talkative movie I have ever been in theaters for. It was yes. like there was a big group of teenagers in the row behind us that uh-huh. were on their phones watching TikTok, talking at full volume the whole time. And But when it started, when it started, they were kind of talking, but it seemed like they were reacting to the movie. One of them cheered for the DC logo, which I found weird. Yeah, so I, don't, I was I like, I'm kind of feeling like that might be the first time someone's ever cheered for the DC <laughs> logo in the theaters. But it made me it was like, oh, cool! Like they're here to see a DC movie. Yeah, they're, like they're okay, ready for cool. It. Yeah, but then it felt like everyone, not not just that group, every because that group was so talkative, it felt like the environment of the theater for everyone else was like, oh, we're all in agreement that we're just going to talk through this movie. Therefore, yeah, everybody talked through the movie, and I mean everybody talked through the movie did the people to the left of you talk not like a little bit but not nothing egregious very normal stuff nothing like the people next to you this was wild folks i mean it was genuinely like if you walked in the theater it sounded like you know uh it's wait i have to mention too People were jumping, like, were in and out of the theater the whole time, too. Yeah, like, people constantly were walking around. Yeah. And the same people, too, which yeah. always kind of puts me on edge. Oh, yeah. It's only because they're teenagers that I'm not so worried. Yeah. Um, but, no, it was genuinely, like, people talking at the volume we are talking at now throughout the entire... So, anytime it got quiet... There, there were two scenes in the movie 
where they were delivering exposition and yeah. trying to set up the plot and stuff. And I actually couldn't concentrate because people were so loud. Yeah. And I was kind of like, what is going on? Yeah. When the movie ended, be- because here's the thing. And if you have any suggestions, folks, please tell us what we should do. Because this happens anytime we see a PG-13 And movie. you're probably thinking, why don't they just leave the theater, get their money back, and go to a different showing at another time? Honestly, it's not that easy for me to do that. Because prior to this movie, as we mentioned, not excited for this movie. So we're like 20 to 30 minutes in. I don't want to rewatch that bad. 20 to 30 minutes. Yeah, and it's like, I don't. I haven't decided if I like this movie yet. Therefore, I don't want to rewatch this if yeah. I end up hating this movie. So in a way, I'd rather suffer through yeah. what's happening yeah. than come another time. So we'd, we'd love to hear suggestions, but one thing that that I always think about is, especially in the age range where people talk like that, is it's like, if you are so rude that you will just be on your phone full brightness, mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's incredibly rude to be on your phone at all in the theaters. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to go full brightness, watch videos, take videos, you're not the kind of person that when someone says, hey, could you be quiet? You're, you're going to be like, did you hear this guy say I should be quiet? Ha yeah. ha, this guy sucks. This guy over here, he sucks. And so I always feel like if I shush them or tell them to be quiet, it will make the situation far worse than just suffering through it. Yeah. I I do, though, kind of feel like maybe one of these times, one of these, like, cut my hands and go, shut up, would maybe be something worth trying. Maybe. Just a, <laughs> just a bright yell. Because maybe that would get people, like, a little, like, what the heck? Or maybe I could try, like, shut up, something <laughs> lower that sounds, voice. like, scarier. Yeah. Um. I, I think that... Um... I'm sure that there were parents there that I just didn't see, but it felt like it was, it felt like this experience was all of these parents dropped off all of these teenagers and yeah. they were, a lot of these teenagers were responsible for watching te- younger siblings, but they were also with their friends. So they were all goofing off the whole time. And I, whenever this happens, I get mad at the parents. Yeah. Yeah. For, <laughs> for just dropping their kids off at a movie at six ten on a Thursday because yeah. they don't want them to be at home. That, I like, like, I don't know anyone's situation, but my know, brain know, goes there where I'm like, you guys are so irresponsible. Well, it's it's also weird to me. I don't know. So so this is a larger rant, but but if you are listening to this episode, I implore you, unless there is a family emergency happening, there is literally no reason to have your phone on. Just think back only 20 years when people didn't really have phones as much, and we would go to the theaters, and it was fine. Mm-hmm. Two hours of you being off your phone is not going to end the world, and mm-hmm. not answering the text is not going to end the world. Please just turn off your phone. You will actually enjoy the movie more if you do that. Yeah. Because it drives me nuts, and and it's actually unfathomable to me that someone would think it would be more exciting to scroll on Twitter or TikTok watching a movie. Micah, it was only TikTok. Okay, but th- it's unfathomable to me that that would be more exciting to someone than watching even a terrible movie. A terrible movie is more exciting than social media. Yeah. I would rather watch, you're going to hear it, folks, I'd rather watch any of the Fast and Furious movies in a theater than just scroll through TikTok. Mm -hmm. So, it it just drives me nuts, and I've had it up to here with it. Yeah. So I think I might yell a shut up next time. Well, I, I also think that you and I need to change our strategy on showtimes. Yes. Uh, you'd think six ten on a Thursday on a school night, 
around yeah. dinner time. Yeah. It, you wouldn't get that many people there. Uh, but consistently that is probably, I'm thinking the worst time to go. So I'm thinking, yeah. but, but also Mike and I, uh, are not night owls, so we don't want to go to a really late showing. But I think t- there will be more I teenagers think there will, at a I night I think showing. there will be too. I agree. Yeah. So we, I'm, I'm suggesting we try a completely different theater. Because uh, yeah. we, d- there is another theater that is like 20 minutes away, not as good as a theater of a theater. No, it's absolutely not. Honestly, a terrible theater. But but the it would be I I know the audience would be better. Yeah. Slash, it would be half of the amount of people. It is it is worth trying. The other thing, especially if we're seeing another movie like this one, where we weren't excited for it anyway. Yeah, it's yeah. like let's just go there then. Yeah, the the only hope I have when we see a movie like this is I think this will make for good podcasting. That's the only thing that gets me through it. Um, it's not worth it anymore. No, no, it's no, it is not. But th- that's what I like. That's yeah. how I stay sane when I'm watching it. Where I'm like, yeah. we'll get to tell our listeners, and they will hopefully like laugh and have a good time. Yeah. Um, but I am genuinely like getting mad talking about it right now. I know, me too. I'm put, it's putting me in a bad mood. All that being said. For having such a terrible time. Oh, oh! I want to tell him one more thing, oh, though. Okay. When the credits ended, because, you know, again, I didn't shush. I, I always feel like it'll be worse. I turned to Jordan, and I started talking really loud because the people next to me, as the movie progressed, started talking more and more. And at the end of the movie, at an emotional sequence, actually, uh, the guy started going... And so when the movie ended, I started talking very loud and actually pointing at them and saying, could you imagine being this rude to other people and just talking through a movie like these people who are sitting next to us? And they got up really fast and went to a different row to watch the credits. And I think they had friends in a different spot. I think that they had kids. Not that they didn't have kids, but that there were younger people they were looking after. You think so? That was my. That's that was oh, what I was feeling. They looked pretty young. They did. No, I'm like younger siblings that were. Also oh, there. okay. But they were like, you guys have to sit in this row though because we want to cuddle and be yeah. gross the whole time because they were. And it, it, there, there was a moment where I was like, I where I looked over and it, the way they were positioned, it wasn't. But I was like, oh, are they about to like get frisky? Because it's like I would have to say something because yeah. I'm one chair over and I'd have to be like. You cannot yeah. do what you're about to do right next to me. But they weren't. They actually weren't. Yeah, but it's just like, what? What? what is there to talk about during a movie at, for the whole entire time? Because no yeah. one's talking about the movie. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, I get it. You don't want to be at home. You, you want to get out and go somewhere else with your girlfriend or yeah. something. Just go in your car. Just be in your car. Just fake that you went to the movie. Go, just fake like you went to the movie. Go go to Sherry's. It's open twenty four hours. Get a pie. Get a pie shake. Yeah, and share a pie shake together. Drink it in your car, and or just stay in Sherry's. Just don't come near Cinemark. Yeah. So, I because that, that was a big teenage spot for us. Yeah, growing but up. it's so weird because I I mean I know I'm sure there are movies that I was maybe more disruptive, but I don't ever remember except for the X Men First Class, which you guys are going to hear about in a couple of weeks. I don't ever remember going to a movie and being like, oh, I'd rather talk yeah. or I'd rather be on my phone. And Taylor Brown pointed out, listener of the podcast and friend, she was like, because I, I, I Instagrammed about how upset I was when we got home from the movie. And she said, says the guy who like was so loud during the other guys. And I said, that's different because I was laughing so hard that I couldn't contain myself. That's, I saw a comedy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I was laughing yeah. so hard. 
Yeah. Because it was the funniest movie I'd seen up to that point. So that's different. P- participation in that way is good. Yeah. Now, the other thing I want to tell any of our listeners who love it is April 13th, re- the Lord of the Rings, the Return of the King Extended Edition returns to theaters. So if you want to see that, just know that that's happening and it'll be out for, I think, a couple of weeks. That's apropos of nothing, which has become one of my new favorite phrases. It's replacing when I used to say minutia all the time. Mm. Now, please, you were going to say. All that being said, having such a terrible time, I will say what I thought now. Yeah. The movie was pretty good. And I can't believe that I felt that way, having being mad the whole time. We had everything against us, and that's how charming the movie was, folks. It was good. I, I have a big complaint about it, but that's kind of it. I only have, like, one complaint about the movie, the rest of it. And I've heard people who have been talking about how, like, the story's not up to snuff and stuff like that, and there's some specific details. And I'm like, I don't know. It's pretty fun. I think especially because my expectations are so low. It's like whatever people might be saying, like, I'm interested to hear what you've been reading, but it, it's like, I don't know. It, it's Shazam. Why, why does it need to be? Yeah. I, I don't think Shazam's, like, sacred to that many people. No. So no. It's, it's, like, not that many people's favorite superhero. So I think they, like, covered all the quadrants in well, this movie. One thing, and, and I'm I'm thinking about the juxtaposition of, of two two superhero movies have come out this uh, this year, um, big ones. So you have Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, CR episode, and you have this movie. And I was thinking about this last night. One thing that I really, really liked about this movie is the more we have these superhero movies, the more and more they seem to be forgetting that, like, there are real people that live in these worlds. Mm-hmm. And so like quantum mania and, and I do kind of get it. I get the idea, but they're like, Hey, we're going to go down so far down and there's a whole other civilization of alien people. I don't think that that's a bad idea, but it's like, there's been so many Marvel movies where there just aren't civilians living in this world. Well, even in a guardians movie, which does not take place. And even in our galaxy, they still have civilian stuff. Yeah. Happening. And, and quantum mania, it did have that, but it was more like, it was more like warriors and, and stuff also, like that. In defense of that movie, in a way, though, it is like a revolution movie. Yeah. It, in that way. Yes. So th- that that is something to, to know. Yeah. But but I just think like the the consistent, I and there are Marvel movies that are not like this, yeah. of course. But I think that pretty consistently, like post-Joss Whedon, as much as I don't want to give him too much credit, it's like he did have a focus on there are civilians and these heroes are saving people like yeah. people like you and like me. Isn't it? Okay. They, and, no, well, sorry. Sorry. One, one more second. And, and it feels like post post that it's a little bit more like, Hey, we just have like only heroes and villains and like, uh, you know, like armies that fight. I know. And, yeah. and again, there are examples, but it's not in the same way that like when you watch Spider-Man, Sam Raimi, there's a definite like, Oh, there are New Yorkers here mm-hmm. and he is fighting for the common man. Mm-hmm. And then you think of Spider-Man No Way Home, a movie I love, don't get me wrong, but it's like, how many Spider-Men can we have in this? And it's not really about, like, we're saving people, in a way. We're saving, like, a kind of blanketed threat. Yeah. And what I want to say, and then please take over, is that this movie felt really refreshing in that way because it was like there were civilians everywhere, and they were interacting with civilians, and that was, like, a whole plot in the movie. Yep. And it was just like you know what? I kind of haven't seen this in a little while. Yep. And the first movie was good at doing that as yep. well. And so it was like, that's 
nice. This is something that I think that we've gone away from in uh, in movies. I, I do agree. I think this movie does a good job with the civilian stuff in a way that hasn't been done in a long time. Uh, Mike and I, upon this recording, watched the first half of the Two Towers extended edition this morning. Yeah. Because we're gearing up to see Return of the King in theaters. Yeah. And um, something that they do so good in that movie is so they, they're really good at civilian stuff in general, but they give a story arc to a couple of them. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they're like story arcs given bit being given to like civilians anywhere. So in two towers, you have the boy and girl yeah. who have to flee. Like their mother makes them flee. Yeah. They, they get to Rohan safely. There's a lot of implications of all that stuff. Go to Helm's deep. The son has to become a fighter. So you're oh like, my gosh, it's yeah. always through. It's like, it's, they're kind of like our landmark for civilian stuff. Cause yeah. we're recognizing them by that point in the movie. And like they're they get reunited with the mom. I feel like there might even be a shot where we see the girl and the mom in the cave together. We definitely do. So like, and we see him like terrified at Helm's Deep when yeah. He's like, well, and Aragorn has a moment with him at where oh my he gosh, talks yeah. to him about like <laughs> this is a good sword, but then Aragorn's like, all these people are gonna die because they no these aren't warriors. Yeah. But um, that there's like an arc to it, mm-hmm. and I we don't really get that anymore. Not so much. Not, not so much. Um, and even in this movie, there's there's not like an arc for the civilians. There, um, but a tiny bit. Tiny bit. Not yeah. like Two Towers. Two Towers is a very long movie, so they have yeah. the time. I think a lot of it comes down to time. Yeah. Um, but like in this movie, they have like it's a comedic little arc thing. Yeah. But when, um, well, actually, there is an arc. But I'll we'll go to but it. But when in Shazam a is waiting for Helen Mirren to show up at the cheesesteak place <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. And, and that guy's like hey what are you doing about this don't <laughs> yeah, you're yeah, gonna yeah. figure it out and he's he's just being very like like no reverence for well n- we'll get into that but like you're gonna fix this because you're the superhero yeah and then we see that guy later when a lot of stuff has happened and the guy's like we believe in you shazam right. and it's like yeah that's that guy from earlier well and that is this is a very mild spoiler um we'll still have our spoiler alert theme later in this episode but um, that that is the arc. It's not necessarily like one person arc, like in Two Towers. It's like, oh, the civilians went from feeling this way about these heroes to feeling a def- another way by Which the end. I think is the secret ingredient to this movie. I in think my so. Opinion. I do. Um, and and it's just nice. I mean, it's nice to see normal, real people when when you're amongst yeah. like models. Yeah, because you know what I mean. Now that I'm thinking about it, to think about it and comparing it to No Way Home, which yeah. is. Superhero, Great. superhero love, love, movie love. standards, pretty near perfect. Love it, yes. Of a superhero movie. Um, but it is a movie that is a Spider-Man problem. Yes. Specifically. And it is a Peter Parker problem, and he kind of did all of this. Yes. And by the end of the movie, he has to sacrifice a lot of himself uh-huh. to get it to work. But it's all because it's a him problem. Like you said, we're not really seeing how it's affecting other people. Yeah. We're seeing how it's affecting Peter. But, I mean, in defense of that movie, it's about Peter. Well, and, and like, again, to keep talking about that, it's like, of the characters in that movie, there's really only two that don't have powers mm-hmm. at some point in the movie. Ned and... Rose, no, uh, Ned or... gets Doctor Strange powers in the movie. Oh, because he gets the ring. Yeah. And, so what, and Mary Jane and... Mary Jane and um, Aunt May. And, yeah. and Happy doesn't... Oh, the women, you mean? <laughs> <laughs> Happy doesn't, but he he kind of does because of his has, association with Iron Man. Yeah, so... Um, you know, it's kind of like Marvel has built a world that's like just permeated with superheroes. 
Yeah. And and it's a, there's a great video for anyone who's interested. I talk about him all the time, but Patrick Willems did a video called The People in Sam Raimi Spider-Man or something to that effect. Yeah. And he talks about how when you it's like one of the only superhero movies he can think of and I can think of where there are characters that have no superpowers and are civilians and are so memorable. And they're like all over those movies from like the beginning of Spider-Man 2 when you see um Emily Deschanel, and she's like, you're late with the pizza, to his pizza boss owner, to, like, um, the guy who he owes rent Bones to. Bones is in Spider-Man 2? She is, yeah. Wow. Like, the guy he owns rent to, and yeah. then, like, the banker, who's Je- yeah. Joel McHale. Like, all these people, and it's not Joel like... Joel McHale <laughs> Spider-Man <laughs> yeah. movie. It's been so long since I've seen them. But, and, yeah. And even, like, in Spider-Man 1, like, the guy's like, you mess with one of us, you mess with all yeah. of us. Like, it's just so, like... And and I think that is an illustration of why I do believe I love when Spider-Man interacts with other heroes and stuff like that. But I agree with uh, past guest Kevin Hines that uh, they sh- like at his best, Spider-Man is best when he is the only hero that exists in his world. Mm-hmm. Um, but having said that, Spider-Verse I believe is the best superhero movie ever made, and that's full of like hundreds of spider-men so i do think it's worth noting that i in the dark knight trilogy they do a lot of civilian stuff yeah which is pretty integral because gotham gotham's like the second second person on the call sheet of of any batman movie (laughs) chicago you mean (laughs) well yeah which is gotham is new york yeah but um it's just an overlooked detail and and like every movie though i can like think of a civilian thing because in the first movie you have that kid that's in game of thrones yeah, uh, they have they have a moment with that like him and another kid that Batman saves, and then in the Dark Knight, I mean, you have civilians on a ship having to make a decision about yeah. killing other civilians. That's huge. Yeah, and then in Dark Knight Rises, it, it is more a bad guy situation, but you see like civilians judging other civilians. Yeah. And oh, stuff. yeah. So like there, there's a lot of really interesting non superhero related things happening throughout the movies that affect batman well and it's just so it i think it's kind of overlooked now and that's the reason we're harping on it so much is like in this movie like philadelphia as much as my one complaint with this movie is the effects are atrocious and maybe that's overwork because also, marvel I don't think the movie just looks very good i don't think it looked very good yeah i think but i think a lot of that had to do with the effects like they yeah. were they were like 10 years dated bad and so Go on and turn off your CGI like thinking brain on this because this this isn't like a bad superhero bad. This is like one of the worst effects in in modern blockbuster I've seen. I mean, it's very bad. But um, that's my only complaint with the movie. I like everything else. The the uh, but it feels like Philadelphia is like an actual place. Yeah. And, and and what when you establish civilians, you you see that they actually have something to fight for. Yes. And again. Going back to Spider-Man No Way Home, it's like he has to figure out how to h- fix his own problem. And that's a very Spider-Man thing. Yeah. I love that. But it is well, that like... Was also the third mo- that was like the third movie in his trilogy, too. So, right. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of like, you know, that's... That's that's like... he He's not really saving civilians. He is. But no, not, yeah, it, yeah. it doesn't feel that same way. The whole time you're just like worried about him and this, it's like, they're going to destroy Philadelphia. And because there's real faces we have, it's like, oh no, he's, he, they're actually going to like destroy Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. 
like M Night could be gone. You know, <laughs> we don't want to live in a world like that. No, we don't. Unless he comes back and tricks us all. Well, that's the M Night twist. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking that like. If I was David F. Sandberg, the director of this movie, I would be like, we have to find, we have to give M. Night a cameo. He would do it, oh, right? I feel like he would do it. He seems like he's game And he, stuff like he that. is Mr. Philadelphia. He likes comics. Yeah. So it would be pretty cool if he showed up and, like, you know, ran from one of the demons or something yeah. like that. Or, or even if he, like, killed one. Like, there's a civilian <laughs> that, like, kills a demon. Yeah. And you're like, what the heck? <laughs> um. But yeah, let's talk about who made this movie. Yeah. Um, it's So I just said it's David F. Sandberg, who has a fun cameo in this movie. Uh, it's written by Henry Gaydon, who has also done Shazam and um, Earth to Echo, and there's someone inside your house. But there's also someone else who wrote on this, Jordan, and I'm wondering, did you notice this name? Someone named Chris Morgan is one of the writers on this. Chris Morgan. That should set off alarm bells in your head. Oh, from Fast and Furious. From Fast and Furious. <laughs> did he put it in the Fast and Furious joke, maybe? Oh, yeah. <laughs> he probably did. But I think, I think like, um, Henry, like, wrote it, and then he did, like, the next pass on it. Okay. So, gotta give him credit. Good job. Uh, the cinematography is by... He by wrote one really good Fast and Furious movie. Two. Oh no! One of them wasn't confusingly his, right? good. Five was confusingly good. Yeah, but and then it, wasn't... I think he was the only writer on it. It was maybe him and another guy. Yeah, and then I think seven he didn't write, and which seven, is the best one. He might one. not have written, but maybe he produced, or maybe he wasn't involved. Yeah. But five was perplexing by how good that movie. I know, was. I know. <laughs> um, this... and I'm just so I'm just so glad that the new one is going back to five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, there's some random guy that wasn't around in the fifth movie, and he's back for revenge. <laughs> it's the big finale of Fast and Furious. Okay. Um, the cinematography is by Gayala Pados, who is from Budapest, Hungary. Because uh, I was like, where's that name from? That's cool. Um, and he worked on Maze Runner, The Scorch Trials, Maze Runner, The Death Cure, and Kingdom of the Planet this, of the Apes. This is who? This is the cinematographer. Oh, because the Maze Runner movies look real bad too. Like the like yeah. they look real bad. But Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes looks good. Okay, because that's uh is that a, one I, of the Reeves one. I think so. Um, let us know, folks. Should we do that series ever? Hello, we're waiting. <laughs> <laughs> that was the last one, and it's directed by Wes Ball. Oh no, no, that is one that's coming out in 2024. Oh great, so it's not going to look very good. Yeah, oh, crap. <laughs> um, and then we have on the music Christoph Beck, who we talked about when we talked about Ant-Man and the Wasp. Okay. Uh, Quantumania and Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh, the movie has a $100 million budget, I already mentioned. Um, yes, so in April of 2019, they were like, all right, full full forward, let's do it. Let's make a sequel. Henry starts writing it. Um, they're getting the same crew together. And um, Sandberg was like, you know what, what I'm inspired by is the Simpsons movie. We should have a dome in this. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> um, I, okay. But yes, I, I just got to say the dome thing was so, oh, it felt so good because we were at a point in superhero movie culture franchise stuff where they're everywhere. 
whatever Marvel, DC, whatever. There are so many of them. Domes, you're saying? No, no, just like superheroes. Oh, so each movie, each movie is a potential end of the world situation always. But for some reason, we're only getting one superhero or two. Right. To actually having to solve the problem when sometimes like if I, I, this is very nitpicky, but, but sometimes it's like, should the Avengers be involved in this one? Right. This is like really big. Um, so I'm so when they put the dome on the city, I was like, guys, you nailed it because now it's only their problem. No well, one else can help. It's smart, too, because the other thing I don't like, like I, I remember when the Eternals trailer came out, mm-hmm. there were all these people talking about how like how come the Eternals didn't help out with Thanos? Yeah. You know, they have to do these big threats. And for me, I'm like, I, I don't want you to spend precious runtime in a movie explaining why no, a hero no, 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 no. wasn't there no like it's annoying to me yeah but at the same time it's like but if you do something like this movie where there's a dome around them you can have that all of that off screen where someone's like how come batman never showed up and you go well they couldn't yeah i did hear though that they wanted they were planning on shooting a scene that showed superman trying to break open okay the dome and batman was just like watching him like shaking his head or something like that I would have been fine with that. Glad they did not include. Oh, okay. I, I think it could have been a little funny, but yeah. Um, just like to see Ben Affleck's confused face in a DC movie. <laughs> um, yeah. So this movie was really, you know, they're, they start working on the script in 2019. They want to start filming in 2020. Uh Oh, something happened. And so just delay after delay after delay. And then one of their big delays was actually because, this movie, Flash, and um, Aquaman. Aquaman, it was like, we're not going to be able to finish the effects in time. So that was another reason why. I think that's why, I think, that's why all of those movies were pushed from last year to this year. Oh. Because remember, they were all supposed to come out last year. Yeah. Um, And so. So when does Flash come out? Flash comes out in June of this year. And when does Aquaman come out? December. Okay. Yeah. Which, which will be our triumphant time to, to finally... Go back and see Nor- uh, Orm, Orm, I mean. Not yeah. Norm. Norm of the North. That's the polar bear. Um, what? <laughs> <laughs> one person listening to this is like, I remember that commercial for Norm of the North. What really, really about? bad animated movie. Oh. Like, that came out in like 2016 or something like that. And it's a polar bear? Yeah, but it's like, it's like really bad animation. Oh. But they, they really pushed it because I saw a trailer for it in theaters, I believe. You're going for your phone. Um, Yeah. So one thing that was kind of interesting is Rachel Zegler. Uh, She was, so she's in West Side Story. She's Juliet. Or or I I don't know if that's the name of the character. But she plays. The Juliet character. And she was trying, she was going for Supergirl in The Flash. Oh. She was like auditioning for that. The role that looks like um like a plastic um action figure in the trailer that they're throwing around in the sky. Um she tried out for that, but she lost the audition to Sasha Kali. Um and then she did a Zoom with the director and Dylan Grazer, who plays Freddie Freeman in this. Mm-hmm. And Jack the, Dylan Grazer. Oh, it just says Dylan Grazer on here. According to IMDB. Oh, okay. 
And uh, they did a chemistry test, and then they're like, oh, yeah, this would work. Yeah, and they then- drew some of her blood and drew some of his blood, put it, both of them, combined both of them under a microscope. And microscope. they did that. They put it on that cool machine that spins really yeah, yeah, fast put to it on mix cool it. Machine, but then they put on that little glass square that they put under the microscope <laughs> yeah, to yeah, see yeah. the chemistry between them. That's funny. Um, <laughs> and, and, yeah, I guess... Grazer was a big reason why she got the role because he really wanted her and liked he liked her he liked in her. West Side Story. He, he like liked her. No, come on. He he just he uh, he liked West Side Story. That's cool. He can have a crush. No way. Let's um, let's make let's just put the rumor out there. <laughs> and so yeah, so then they finally last year in May were able to start filming the movie. Okay. Um, and what was interesting is the character of let's see. Uh, Mary, uh, the, the, the sister? older sister yeah. in the movie, when she becomes Shazam, it's a different actress. And that actress was like signed on and everything, but then they decided to stick to just Mary and just change her makeup and hair a la like Clark it, Kent to is Superman. Is it because she's like full grown person? Yeah, I think, I think there's a couple of things. Some think that it might be um, because the other actress... And I just read this on a random article, like showed some support on some of the people who stormed the Capitol. Oh. So some people think maybe that was why she got canned. Uh-huh. The director just said, like, we just thought we'd approach it that that it's like Clark Kent, where but it's in like. In the first movie, it was just the actress. So by that time, had they made that decision? Well, no. No, she gets Shazammed and she turns into the other actress. In the first movie? Yes. Oh, I think I'm just remembering it. Yeah. As being the same actress. Yeah. Okay. So. But yeah, the director just said, which I'm going to repeat again for the third time, that they went with the Clark Kent to Superman approach. Yeah. And some people say like, well, it's, you know, she's matured, like you're saying, so it makes sense. Um, And yeah, so let's see, what else? They adjusted their schedule. Um, Rizwan Manji, who is the guy at the very beginning of the movie in the museum. Yeah. He's in the show Peacemaker as a different character. So James Gunn was like, don't worry, we'll just pretend they're brothers or something like that. Okay. <laughs> Cause they just wanted him in it, I guess. Um, and other than that, they, they, that's, that's really it. Okay. It's just plagued by COVID delays. How was the movie doing? Uh, not great. Oh, it's not great. Okay. I mean, I mean, it's very mixed and I, and I think since the budget is so small, it could be okay. Yeah. Um, they should but, dump him at this point. Well, and that's, that's another thing is like, there's, there's a future possibility, I guess, that James that that I guess if this movie does well, there's potential that they could continue doing sure. Shazam movies. But it seems like if it does the way it's probably going to do, they're not going to do it anymore. I think if you are looking for a completely new Superman, you should just scrap everything. That's how I feel. I do kind of feel that way. Because I, I think that part of my lackluster feelings towards this, and I'm sure a lot of people are going to feel this way, which is going to affect the box office, is why would I go see this? Yeah. They're revamping it all. Yeah. I don't, I'm curious though if they would make another, Shaz- like a new Shazam movie. Because sh- like, I, I don't know because I don't read comics. I've uh, never heard of Shazam. I did. I think when the first Shazam came out, because I did not see it in theaters, I thought it was a made up thing. Yeah. I didn't know that we it was We talked DC. about this. Well, okay, I'm saying it again. <laughs> nah, I know. Um, so it's like, are they even going to redo it? Yeah. Well, he is like one of the original guys. Is he really? Yeah. Okay. Captain Marvel originally. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, okay. a very big in the, the Silver Age of comics. But I like the so, whole, like, it's a, it's a kid thing, yeah. too. But I, I think. That's how I feel. 
So yeah, the impression I'm getting is that basically they would just keep making these DC movies as long as they're profitable. Yeah, that makes. I mean, and that then makes sense. launch another shared universe kind of thing. But I'm a little, I'm a little unsure. And, and and there is something to be said, which we've talked about on this podcast many times. Whereas the Batman came out, and literally like no one's concerned about the connectivity of stuff. So uh-huh. on the one hand, it's kind of like, yeah, just make a new Superman. Who cares? Like I, I, you know, like yeah. make it like comics. You know, you have all these different you versions. Version Who cares of this and this version of that? Yeah. Um. Yeah. One one thing also that I want to say before you do actors that that's just funny is I can't imagine a world where Christopher Nolan and Christian Bale are excited about their involvement in the flash at all. And I can tell in the trailers, they're cutting to a Batman that's on a motorcycle. That looks just like the dark Knight one, at least in its flashes. And I'm like, they're really trying to trick people into thinking that Christian Bale's in this. And he's definitely not in this movie. There is no way they could afford him. There's no way. Yeah. He wouldn't do it with, with how much I'm sure that movie is so freaking expensive. Yeah. And also they got Michael Keaton, which is not, cheap yeah there is no way they that they could afford christian bale yeah i i no and i really hope they don't do anything with the dark knight because i just don't want them to touch that stuff yeah but they probably will because i i think as much as everyone at warner brothers every like three months is like man even though ezra miller's in another bunch of trouble and like kidnapped someone or something like that we're we're pretty sure this movie's gonna rock. People are gonna love this movie. I'm like, it it's not gonna be good. No. It's gonna be a bad movie. No. I think people are starting to have a hard time looking at their face. Yeah. So that that and that's the main character of our movie. <laughs> um and there's more than one of them. Uh-huh. So um okay, Rachel Zegler plays Anthea. Yes. Um, she, like you said, big big thing, West Side Story. Yeah, I mean, she's up and coming, you know. Yeah, she's up and coming. Uh, definitely a breakout, because also this year, she will be in the new Hunger Games movie. Oh. And she's going to be, it looks like she will be Snow White in the Disney live-action Snow White. Oh, they're doing They Of already, course they're uh, doing it, Micah. That's coming out in 2024. <laughs> um, that hasn't really bode well for people who are in those movies. No. I don't know why, as an actor, you would sign up for those. No. Yeah. I mean, even Emma Tom, uh, Emma Watson, Emma Watson. It's like she was in that and no one even remembers that movie exists. Yeah. It's not good. It's not a and good that movie. Move. Made money, right? It made so it made much so money. Much it's money. crazy. Um, did we cover the other superheroes in the like last time? I think we, I think we touched on them a little bit. I, okay. I don't, I mean, so and, then we have Lucy Liu who plays Calypso. Yeah. Um, she is in kill bill. She's We've one talked of, about her on an old Patreon episode. That's right. Uh, she's one of Charlie's Angels, uh, <laughs> Chicago. <laughs> I like how you enunciated that. She's one of Charlie's Angels? And she's she's in a ton of stuff, as everyone knows. Yeah. Um, we have covered Helen Mirren. Yep, because we've talked about Fast and Furious. Um, and, and we've then, talked about documentary now from time to time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Cedric Bader plays Mr. Uh, Geckel, who's the teacher, who oh. is in Bojack and Veep, and yeah, very funny guy. Has got a fabulous voice. Uh huh. Um, and then Rizwan Manji plays the guy at the museum. Yeah. Um, he's in The Dictator, Charlie Wilson's Sons War, Transformers. He's a comedian. 
He's he's always funny. He yeah. just he just has a funny way of delivering stuff he that does. always makes you smile. And then um lastly, just because we're in a little comedian corner, um PJ Byrne is Dr. Dario Bava, who's the guy like the guy, the pediatrician. Pediatrician. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um he is in Big Little Lies. Uh-huh. <laughs> because Mike and I recently watched that show. Um people love hiring him and having him be like a like a studious person. Yeah. Of some like a white collar person. Yeah, like teaching children in some regard. I, I mean he's good at it. Anytime he pops up, it's like that guy's funny. He's yeah. also the last podcast on the left guy, right? Yeah, that's what you've always told me. Oh, that's what you've always told me. That's what I've always told you. So no one take that to heart because we're probably wrong. Um, I'll look it up while you do that. But he he's, I mean, yeah, he's in so many freaking things. Most recently, he's in Babylon. Um, he's been in Wolf of Wall Street, The Boys, and a ton of other stuff. Wow, that's crazy. He's He just has uh, one of the wildest careers. Yeah. That, that's what you want as a comedian. Yeah. What's his name? Um, um, Tell me. Tell me. Something burn with a Y. Wow, he is definitely not on that show. <laughs> There's three. PJ. PJ Byrne, B-Y-R-N-E. Yeah, 100% not there. Okay, you've told me that for years, man. I have, and you know what? I'm I'm realizing that I'm pretty sure I was told that by someone when when I was watching The Wolf of Wall Street. Oh. Someone said, oh, that guy is last podcast on the left, and he's not. Two of the guys don't aren't even clickable on, on Wikipedia. They don't have pictures on Wikipedia. I want to know who they are. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so... Sorry, and for all the times that we've said that, he's not that. I'm a little relieved. Yeah, me too. I, I don't like, I listened to half an episode of that show, and I was like, this is too much. These it's, guys it's, are kind of gross. I don't like too much. Uh, um, just to put a little corner on it, because I've listened yeah. to even less than you have, and it is just such a terrible show that is very popular. A lot of people like it and yeah. think it's so funny. They're very They're irreverent. not quite as popular as the Macaw Podcast universe. Oh, not even close. Um, they're very irreverent to absolutely everyone, victims, and the people who've committed these terrible crimes. Yeah. That's my issue with it, is they denigrate the victims. Yeah. So a sweet alternative that people can listen to. Oh, brother. Here we go again. Small Town Murder, also by two comedians. And they say that th- this is their thing. They, that they never uh, bash on the victims. And I, <laughs> and I love it. And you still get, you still get the irreverence, if yeah. that's what you like. Having said that, though. Micah I, hates me talking about it for some reason. Well, you've, you've mentioned them so many times on this podcast. No, I don't think I have. Yeah, you have. There's no way. Uh-huh. No. Uh, at least once other time. Small Town Murder. <laughs> but, uh. With with last podcast on the left, I I really have only listened to half an episode, and it was just too intense for me. It was so gross. So maybe maybe they don't bash the victims. I don't know. I I don't know if they do or not because I didn't listen that long. So I yeah. I don't know. So guys, you're well, I don't really. I mean, you're not unwelcome on the show, but you're not uh you're not welcome welcome on the show, right? Okay. <laughs> I, I, get, I, have this. I don't have a problem with them. I really don't. No, no, no. But I do feel like, I, I think that that is kind of one of their things because Small Town Murder kind of sometimes alludes to like, we're not that other kind of podcast. Oh, that okay. That's interesting. They haven't said something like that in a very long time, but I feel like when I started listening to them, that was kind of like a thing. Ah, I see. Yeah. I'm just, more than anything, I'm just over like the kind of like, and and I, 
small town murder's fine. It's fine. But I'm just kind of over like the commodification of taking murder and oh, being like, yeah. let's make it funny or let's like basically like exploit yeah, people who are involved that. in like tragic events. Um, so I, I'm just I over that, that and I, I can't really engage with that anymore. And that's that's one of the main reasons I can't listen to small town murders. I, I just can't do that. One thing that I love about it so much, though, is they he, they get deep into the court, into like the actual um, yeah court legalities of it all, which I know is very boring to you. Um, yeah, I always and it's would always like turn so it off after fascinating that. Fascinating <laughs> to me to to hear how defendants, the defending lawyers, are like what lie well, not lies, but well, kind of sometimes just like yeah. what they're so desperate to make up something well, for and, their client, and I think. My like okay, very personal experience. I think podcasts for me need to either be about movies or they need to be funny. I've realized like, like a comedy straight podcast. Yeah, because I've found that anything that is not those two things, um, especially something that's like maybe educational or something like that, it's like oh, I'd rather read a book about like World War Two or something like that because I my mind just strays and and podcasts i've found are like a great way for me to kind of turn off my brain mm-hmm. and have fun mm-hmm. uh so it's like if it's not hosted by scott ackerman i'm probably not gonna listen to it <laughs> <laughs> so when people recommend stuff that's a little more informational it's like it usually just sits downloaded on my phone and i really am like i'm gonna wa- listen to this and i just never do because scott ackerman doesn't host it yeah, no, I I think at at this point for me because people recommend true crime podcasts to me a lot. There's a yeah. lot of good ones out there. Yeah. Um, but I, I at this point don't really listen to any of any. I don't listen to any other true crime podcasts, and a lot of it comes down to I just they're I like their personalities. Yeah, and they're yeah. like I've been listening to them for so long that they're just comforting to me at this point. It's like I haven't listened to stuff you should know in a really long time. Yeah, but anytime I do, it is just like a a breath of fresh air blanket yeah just hearing josh and chuck talk yeah even though sometimes they're talking about the most boring things in the world and they make it interesting yeah so and that's that's me with like freedom and i know you feel similar but like when i listen to freedom it's like okay like light like maybe this week wasn't good or something like that but but freedom came out freedom was good so it's like it'll be okay yeah you know and hopefully this podcast is that to everyone listening yeah um so Are we ready to get spoiler? Yeah. So before we do, let's talk about something fun, which is our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash Micah McCaw. And you really should sign up. Uh, The bottom tier is $3, and you get an extra podcast every single month. This month we did the Oscars, our predictions, and next month we're doing Glass Onion. And now that includes the entire back catalog, Mm -hmm. which is, I think, like over 50 episodes now. Maybe not. That would be a lot. But maybe... It's it's a lot of stuff and and um I mean really that's less than a cup of coffee. Please sign up. We we want to stop working at normal jobs and be podcasters uh uh, uh writers and musicians full time. And the more people that support us on Patreon, the more time we can dedicate to those things. Mm-hmm. And next month on Patreon, there's something huge dropping. Huge. But we're going to talk about that another time although we've already recorded all those episodes so i don't know how i'm gonna let people know i might have to include an advertisement next next on those episodes which i think i've already edited huh i'll have to figure that out (laughs) but uh yeah let's get into spoilers spoiler alert spoiler alert spoiler alert
museum. And they're We're at a museum. We are we are at a museum. And we see this very cool, you know, setup and all this stuff. And there's all these people. And then these two like Roman looking guard people walk in and there's a staff. You know, I thought open. it was funny right away. Yeah. Is when and movies like this are like bad guys or someone like shows up wearing a helmet and then they take it off never to be put on again in the rest of the movie. I know <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. because it's dramatic, uh-huh. but it's like just maybe just don't have the helmet on. Right, right, right. Um, but yeah, it's Helen Mirren, it's Lucy Liu, and they take the staff from the first movie that was broken. And they wreak havoc. Now, this is when I was like, oh, this movie is and maybe you'll laugh. I we kind of talked about it, but this is a COVID movie. It's about COVID, <laughs> because Lucy Liu uh, then whispers into someone's ear something that infects them, and then this whole room is then closed down, and there's this infection that runs around everybody, and then it causes them all to die, and then they get turned into stone. And I was like, and I'm being serious here. I think. No pandemic, this movie would have maybe have been written a little bit differently with some of this stuff. Because later, it will build to them closing off a city where everyone is, quote, in lockdown. And yeah. I'm like, this is like an ultimate COVID movie. It's it's just very interesting because we talked about this on one of our Insidious episodes, that we were curious what COVID was going to do to artists writing. Yeah. And now it's been long enough and there's been enough stuff that's been able to be made that we're seeing how writers are dealing with it or not dealing with it. And so it's interesting that that this movie, I, I feel like, is a very stamp of, like, this is a COVID movie mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. Um, but this first sequence, I was like, this is cool. And it was, you know, because David F. Sandberg is a horror guy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, he's carrying the horror into this because this is, like, a freaky scene and... Like, people are dying kind of intensely. Yeah. Um, in, in a way that's not, like, kiddie. Yeah. And so I thought, okay, uh, we're off to a pretty good start. And then we're what happens? It, do we cut to Shazam Boy, or do, or do we continue with them when they go back home with the staff? No, I, I, think, think, I think it's Shazam. Um, so Is this I, the bridge scene first? Or no, they're just at the house. They're at the house. They're all hanging out the fam. Yeah. Um, but we know because the last movie, all of the kids are superheroes now. Yeah. So um, Billy and Eugene, I think, are playing video games, but it's like they're practicing yeah. um, combat stuff. And then the other Pedro, I think. Wow, I can't. I'm doing great. Oh, it's, it's actually a cut to the psychiatrist, and then it's oh, a cut to that. But we don't have to go through every single scene. So Back to where yeah, you're th- at. Then we, we're just kind of okay. I, I'm not going to catch up with every kid. All of all of the we're all caught up with all the kids and what they're doing. And they're a big happy family. They're all superheroes. Um, yeah, not Billy, the other one, Freddie. Uh, Freddie, uh, listens is listening to the police scanner. Hears about a crime. Is going to go be a superhero about it. When Billy's like, it can't just be you. It's all of us or none of us. He's trying to like keep. It's, yeah. we're a crew, and Freddie just wants to be a superhero. Yeah. And I I mean he he's growing up. He's a teenager. He wants some independence. He yeah. wants to go figure it out for himself. Um but Billy gets everyone to come with him. Yeah. Before that, at the pediatrician office, as Sh- Shazam the superhero, Billy is talking about like 
how different his life is, how much, how hard of a time he's having. He has abandonment issues, blah, blah, blah. Very funny with PJ Byrne, who was not on last podcast on the left. (laughs) (laughs) But he is one of the comedians on Small Town Murder. No, he's not. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He, uh, that, that was a very funny scene. We see the Annabelle doll here that could not be placed more prominently. Yeah, um, which, of th- course, David F. Sandberg directed one of those movies. So. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, he he. we learn here that the city of Philadelphia, the, the Shazam crew is called something fiasco, the, like the superhero fiascos yeah, or something. The Philly, the Philly fiasco. Philly fiascos. Basically, yeah, they're saving people, but they are destroying the city in the process. Yeah. And already it, it really sparked my interest because at the end of the day, these are children right, right. being superheroes. So they are pretty dang irresponsible. Uh-huh. They're saving people's lives, but they're not thinking about implications or how it's affecting certain things or maybe it be affecting other people. Yeah. They're just saving lives. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And when even when he tells Billy about it, um, he's just kind of like, oh gosh, it's so dumb. Yeah. Like n- no one's really like, guys, we got to be more careful. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, no, we're reckless. Yeah. I like that. Um, but yeah, there's this whole bridge sequence where this bridge is collapsing and they're saving everybody. And the jokes, like, I, I guess because I was expecting for this movie not to be good. It's like the jokes are landing. <laughs> the besides again, and this will be the last time I say it, the effects besides the effects, it's like, well, the the action like makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm understanding what's going on. The the people still have their funny personalities and stuff that they had in the last movie. So I'm like, okay, is this this so far we're in the good zone. It's green. Yeah. And this scene they are illustrating that they are pretty bad at their job. Good at saving right. people, bad at the other stuff. So the bridge is collapsing. All of the wires are coming down. and Cables, we call them. Cables. Um, Eugene is, like, trying to laser one back together, and it immediately breaks. So yeah. it's like they I, they just don't really know. I feel like they don't know their limits necessarily yet. Yeah. Um, and I like when Shazam shows up for that one lady who's about to fall into the river. Um, and he, he catches her just in time and he's, he's freaks out. Cause he's like, were you actually listening to the song right now? And it's like, I, I need a hero holding out for a holding hero. out for a yeah. hero. That was pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So all of that, that is good. And then they, they get back to like their lair, which is, is the lair from the previous movie where all the, you know, seven deadly sins got like captured and mm-hmm. turned into sculptures. And, and this was a funny touch where it's like, Oh, it's like a kid zone now. I where there's, it, I liked the set; it was cool. Yeah, and and it was also nice because it was like one of the rare sets in this movie. Yeah, so it, it actually looked real and good. Yeah, um, but you know they have like streamers on these ancient statues, and they have like a TV set up down there, and a fridge, and like a basketball hoop and stuff like that. And it felt very what that would be. Yeah, and Billy's trying to set up you know, hey, let's study this stuff. Let's get better. And the whole time he's just, he just doesn't want to be abandoned again because he's about to age out of the foster care system. Yeah, he doesn't necessarily care so much about the superhero aspect. Yeah. It's just staying together. I like that um, the older sister, Mary. Yeah. So she is, um, she, she didn't go to college. She still lives at home. But it's almost like this whole superhero thing put a wrench in her plan. Mm -hmm. So she... Like is still trying to be still trying to study 
That that's like one of her things. I like that Eugene is like mapping every door in the door lab. Yep, 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 yep. That was very fun. I kind of wish we had gotten a sequence of them going through doors. Um, but yeah. I was actually just happy that they did it at all because in the first movie they went through a couple doors. Yeah. And it was kind of like, oh, that's so cool. We're never going to see these again. Yeah. And so just the fact that they kind of showed them. And it was part of the story. Yeah. That was that, cool. I was like, oh, that's cool. It was all of the door stuff was very like Harry Pottery yes. in, a, in a fun way. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so all that's happening. Then we're discovering the Daughters of Atlas. Mm-hmm. Now... We'll kind of go out of order here, so don't don't hold us to the don't hold our feet to the fire, please. Um, but this whole Atlas thing, when when they're explaining their motive, I this is when I was having a hard time paying attention because of the audience. Yeah, but their motive is really cool, and I like the villains in this movie. So let me see if I got it straight. Yeah, they uh. What do they live like in ancient Greece, like a realm of ancient, like mythological? The, the, it was Athens like a god realm. Yeah. yeah, it's like Athens, like but it is the Greek real mythology. Athens, the, not the fake Athens that we have. The real, the real Athens. One. Yeah, Mount um, Olympus or whatever. You know, that's okay. probably their realm. So many, many, many years ago, our other wizard dude who gave Billy his powers, yeah, is responsible for taking away this realm's magic. Yes, because it was getting out of hand. Like, they were too powerful. And I think he wanted to protect the humans from, like, enslavement and gods being amongst them. Because that's what it was pretty much happening. Or was going to happen. It was going to happen. That's where people were talking too loud. Yeah. So he removed the magic from them. Yeah. Um, okay, that's cool. That is pretty cool. And that's where the staff comes into play. That's why they needed the staff, because it imbues magic. Yeah. So they got it back, but they need the wizard, who did not die in the first movie. Yeah. I guess. Which I think they did explain, but okay. honestly, I think it was another scene where I was like, can I anyone shut up in here? It didn't bother me. It didn't bother it's, me it's either. Like, whatever. Yeah. I love this actor. He's great. Yeah. And he's wearing so much fun makeup. <laughs> I know. So I love his, his beard and hair. He, because he is some kind of wizard, he's the only one who can put the staff back together, uh-huh. which they force him to do. This I thought was a little funny. Um, so... No, this makes sense. It no, makes no, no, sense. No, just, just let me, just let me tell you no, like what no. I would like. Yeah. Okay. So when Helen Mirren and Lucy Liu touched the staff, their powers came back to them. They're magical again. Um, and it seems Lucy Liu can like speak. Power of chaos. Power of I chaos. I believe it was. Yeah. So she's the one. Slash COVID. Ah. <laughs> so power of COVID. <laughs> then, You're running with it. Helen Mirren says that sh- her powers have always been, she has power over the elements. Yes. Earth, wind, fire, water. To me, that's what it is. Okay? Yes, yes. And I think a lot of people would say the same thing. Yes. So whenever I hear that, I think, like, cool, we're going to get some, like, cool effects of, like, oh, she's doing fire now. Now she's doing water. Oh, she's making the earth do this thing. Um, I think she can just do anything. Uh-huh. And I, I just don't – I'm not a fan of how she's an elemental magic person, and it just did not feel like – it did not feel classically feel like elemental no. stuff because all of a sudden it just felt like, Oh, so you just have telekinesis, which yeah. I know like she's, so she's like moving him with, with her powers. And it's like, yeah, I guess he's like a bio, he's biological. He's well, got think, water in him. Yeah. He's got water. He's, we're made of dust, yeah. you know? So, I mean, I, I know what I'm saying is nitpicky. I, I, I do just, what you mean. I like, just, it's like, not, that's what I like. It's not like avatar, the last airbender no. or something like that, which is just, it's just fun. Yeah. More visually fun. Yeah, right, right. 
But they make him put the staff back together. Yeah. Staff is restored. They can continue their plans, which is to go to the human realm and establish dominance. Yes. He gets a tiny piece of the staff and uses its magic to find what happened. Right? Oh, that's what... Okay, is that what okay. He was doing? Yeah, it was a splinter. Okay, yeah. that's cool. I didn't I like realize that. that. Um. Yeah, yeah, okay. and then and then they're trying to find the golden apple, like from the tree of life. Yeah, and this is when I was like, "What is this? Is this a jam movie, or am I wa- am I playing Assassin's Creed?" <laughs> because you you look for like the golden apple of life. Oh, do you um, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> and uh, and don't, all of them. I don't know. Don't correct me if I'm wrong, Rebecca. Um, Not that interested. <laughs> <laughs> but but then they they want to plant it, which will then restore the power of their realm. Yeah. Uh, but they could do it in their realm. Well, they don't have the apple for a while. Yeah. They, they, well, let's wait till we get yeah, there. Yeah. But so, yes, uh, straight as an arrow, my dear. Okay. So then. Because you asked if you got it straight. Oh. Well, their their motive. And I'm saying straight as an arrow. Yeah. I've been waiting on that the whole time. Yeah. So then we cut to school, I think. Well, okay. Hang on, though. But I, I just want to say that um, it, it's just kind of interesting. We, we, you and I talked about this right when the movie ended that like we've often in this very podcast complained about superhero movies and, and, and stories where they've gotten so bogged down in the exposition. And this is very exposition heavy, their whole motive. But you said this and I, and I think I'm inclined to just agree with you straight up that, that, that it's just because it's kind of based on our own mythology. It's just kind of like, Oh, cool. Yeah, you know what I love that this movie didn't do? Yeah. That superheroes are addicted to doing, especially DC, is uh, cutting at the exhibition point to have some really weirdly FX'd explanation <laughs> yeah, yeah. of why the bad guys are the way that they are. Yeah. And it, it just rips me. Uh, there have been good examples, but I'm at a point where it's just a trope now. Right. And I like how, in this movie, how it they did it. It was the best it. of times. It was the worst of times. And now we're in a worst of times situation. But in this movie, they didn't do it. Yeah. Instead, we learned all that stuff when the kids were in the library. Yeah. And looking through old books. Right. I really liked that. Yeah, with Stephen, the yeah. the, the invisible writing pen. <laughs> well, the pen's not invisible. Well, yeah, but it's like I couldn't figure out if the pen is sentient. It was the pen was sentient. Yes. There wasn't like an invisible being. No. Okay. Don't um, overthink it. Okay. I did uh, kind of wish that it simple, stupid kiss. I, I did kind of wish that Stephen was like a. A humanoid thing yeah but i'm assuming this is a comic book thing what so. would have been great uh, this is referencing deadpool 2 is if the whole movie there <laughs> there's this invisible guy that's drawing it <laughs> and then at the end he like turns around and becomes visible and it's brad pitt and he's like you're welcome guys <laughs> and then he turns invisible yeah. again um yeah so i i like their motive i think it's cool um, I was a little apprehensive with Helen Mirren in this movie. Mm-hmm. I thought she did great. I thought she did great too. Um, I liked, uh, well, we'll get into it more, but all, cause we have three villains. Cause they're yeah. all sisters. We have Anthea, Calypso and whatever Helen Mirren's name is. Yeah. Um, and they all have their own specific motivations. Yeah. One thing that was kind of unique to me was like, as the movie's going on, we're discovering that the wizard did this thing. Aspera. Oh, thank you. That seems like it was potentially unjust, but maybe the right decision. Yeah. And so they want to restore their realm. It's like, okay, I'm on 
bored with what they're doing, actually. And then I like how Rachel Zegler and Helen Mirren are both like, yeah, we just want to restore our realm. And at at the point when they get the apple in the movie, the impression I got is they were like, okay, we'll, we're done. Like, we don't need to see you anymore. Yeah. We're not worried about this anymore. Because I guess, so a question I had was, we get to a point where, well, to get through, go through this a little bit, uh, at school, Freddie meets Anne, who is Anthea, but she's disguised as a high school student. Yeah. Um, I don't really know why. Um, but they have chemistry because oh, yeah. they, they did the whole thing in the lab. Yeah, callback. It's a love interest thing. What is this last podcast on the left with all your callbacks? <laughs> okay. Um, cut to them on the roof having a Spider-Man No Way Home moment. <laughs> I, I did think of that, yeah. Um, I was actually thinking, even though No Way Home is not like the prettiest movie in the world, I was like, man, it looks so much better in No Way Home. Yeah, yeah. This movie looked pretty bad. Yeah. Um, they're up there. I would recommend people see it, though. I liked it. It's good. This movie? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Freddy turns into his Shazam self, played by Adam Brody, who... Um, and and then the other sisters show up and they immediately take his powers away with the staff. Yeah. But Which later, was interesting and cool. Very interesting. Later on, though, when they're confronted by the other Shazam people, they don't take away their powers. Is that because they don't they need attempt to? to? They do attempt to? They, do they, but they're dodging them. Do they need to take their powers back? Or is it like a, you guys are just children, you don't, you're not worthy of these powers? I think it's more the... Like it's our magic, not yours. Yeah, I think it's like, well, come on, this is our thing. Okay, yeah. that was my question. Yeah. But... So back to my point that I was making uh, was that I thought it was unique that had Helen Mirren and Rachel had the apple, they would have just been like, okay, peace out, done, end of story, and we're not going to bother you anymore. We don't care. Mm -hmm. And it's Lucy Liu who's like, no, they're not really the villains. I am because I want revenge on this planet. Mm -hmm. And that's like two-thirds of the way through the movie. She's like, no. I, I want this apple and I want to plant it here and destroy this realm because I'm so mad about it. Mm -hmm. And I just thought that was cool and interesting yeah. that like the three, cause you, you knew from the get go, like Athena or An Anthea, like she's going to turn. You knew that like the moment she was on screen. Yeah. And, and when, when she's like, I have an overbearing sister, you're like, okay, so she's one of the guardians or whatever. Cool. Or the daughters of Atlas. I mean, like and she's gonna help them in the last scene, but I I didn't expect like Helen Mirren to help out. No, and I would think that she's like the oldest, that she'd be the one that wants to do something. I would think so too. So I just thought the whole villain stuff and their whole story and motives and stuff was just very very cool and interesting. Yeah, and it was very fun. Yeah. Um, the other thing about this movie that I I think. I, I just could, maybe I'm pushing up against an argument that no one has yet, but I feel like you could look at this movie and go, it's just like nonstop action and it's boring and annoying. You know, it's just superheroes hitting each other. But I felt like very intentionally, this movie felt like kind of more of an adventure movie mm -hmm. where it's like, we're looking for these weird mystical things and it's nonstop action because it's designed that way. Mm -hmm. Whereas the first movie was more like coming of age stuff. Yeah. And this is like, no, this is, this is like, we have to go do this thing and, and go out into the world and do this thing. And so I think that kind of sets it apart from the first movie in a way that I found appealing. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I so we're done here. Done here. Yeah. So, so there, yeah, there's a couple times where they, 
uh, fight with the daughters of Atlas. So they take away Freddy's powers and then he yes. becomes a prisoner of them, right? Yeah. They take him back to their realm where right. he is imprisoned with the wizard. Yes. Um, and then while that's happening, all the other kids are trying to learn about what's happening because right. it, they're basically going to be hunted. Yeah. That's when we find out the secret library. I thought all that, the design was cool and fun. Yeah. I like how it's still very cavernous. Um, we meet Steven, the writing pen, um, and they learn like all the stuff we just said. Um, and then very funny that, you know, they, they, on this enchanted parchment, they can write a letter to these sisters right. and start a correspondence on like, let's get this figured out. And so then we cut back to Freddie and the wizard. Freddie is being um, interrogated. Yeah. Because they need to know where his siblings are, what their names are. Oh, yeah. that's right. So they do need to know them. Um, and they get interrupted with the letter that shows up from the kids. And the dictation is very funny. Yeah. I thought it was great. Yeah, because okay. they're doing things like, like the letter is actually saying, tell the daughters of Atlas. Well, actually... Don't use that phrase. Put a period there and then an exclamation and all that stuff is just included. Yeah. Um, so that was very funny. Yeah. Um, we also found out that Shazam is stands for like Wisdom of Solomon. S. Oh, yeah. Um, power the, of Mercury. Yeah. Power of Achilles. A. Power of Zeus. Yeah. And so it spells Shazam, which that's I love that. Oh, that's yeah. so cool. Yeah. Um, then there was Power of Johnny Appleseed. That was the second A. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, love of Micah. Oh, yeah, sweet. yeah, very, very nice. And then the um, hat of Superman. Anyway, which means good hair. Shazam hat. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so they write this letter, and and they basically say, "We'll give you the staff if you give us Freddie." Right? No, no, they, they don't, don't have, have the staff. staff. What do they say that they'll give them? Oh, I think they just say, give us Freddy or we're going to have to like take you on. I think so. And so that's when they do the Philly cheesesteak, right? Yeah. Where they, they, they meet and he and does the, a, the dome has been dropped by this point. Yes. And Stephen King was like, there they go copying <laughs> <Typical>. me. Typical. <laughs> Although his Under the Dome came out post Simpsons. So who's inspiring But he's who? tried writing it. A very, very long time ago. Yeah. Well, it's not, a, it's, I mean, putting a dome on a town is not an original idea. Um, no, everything he does is original. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, and so he has, you know, the the thing that everyone saw in the trailer where he's like, the one thing I know about Fast and Furious is it's all about family. And then no one shows up. Mm -hmm. And again, for the record, if you have not listened to our Fast and Furious episodes, go listen to them and note how little those movies are actually about family. It feels like the world discovered that they were about family before the movies did. And now they're like, well, these have always been about Every family. Every movie ends in a barbecue. No. Um, three of them do, I think. Um, but at least they got Rita Moreno for the next one. That'll be fun. Our oh. 80, 80 for Brady love. Yeah. Um, which, She's Dom's mom, right? I hope so. I think so. She's got to be, right? I restored um, your dad's car because you probably wrecked it in another movie. I hope that they... You know what I hope happens in Fast... 10 because i thought 80 for brady was very charming we went as a joke and it turned out to be a genuinely good movie yeah it was fun um 
I hope that this happens. They're like they're all gearing up. Jason Momoa is there and stuff, and then Rita Moreno, Moreno like flies in on a car, and then she like has like Sally Field, and she has Lily Tomlin, and then I'm forgetting the other actress. Me too. Um, and then it, they just turn. They turn right on a freeway when they should have turned left, and they're headed toward Boston, and they go watch another Patriots game, <laughs> and we just follow them the rest of the movie. <laughs> How about that? Great. Um. Oh, please have that happen. <laughs> but anyway, at least give her a moment in the movie where she has to drive a car fast because she's quite old, and that would be mm-hmm. awesome. Uh, well, I'm sure there will be something where something happens about driving, and someone says something about, like, oh, man, that's crazy that he could do that, Dom, like whatever yeah. thing he did. And she's like, well, who do you think taught him how to drive? I'm sure that's <laughs> yeah, a lie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> have you noticed... Um, that in the trailer when they do the drag racing that Jason Momoa's hair, have you looked at like the the hair he has in that drag racing no, scene? I've only seen the trailer like once. Oh my gosh. It it, it is Well he she's recently shaved his head or something. Oh he has? For for a for an upcoming thing. So well, I don't I don't well, know they, what the time they give him is. like a they give him like an updo kind of thing with like oh. all this different like he material. Might, he might still have his hair by when they shot this. Yeah. But I think he's recently cut his hair. It it is like maybe the worst hair I've ever seen in a movie, potentially. And we're talking about the same year that we saw Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania. Okay, <laughs> so um, here we go. Fast ten, fast ten those seatbelts. Uh, so the movie's going along. We're back at Shazam, and they have a, a pretty decent fight. Good humor. I do like that they do get the upper hand, or at least, well, actually, no, well, they, they don't because because do. yeah. it's part of the plan. They capture Helen Mirren. She then steals the apple and escapes their prison. And that's when they're like, hey, you know what? We're just going to go. Like, we're not concerned about it. And then um, is that when they drop the dome or they've already dropped the dome? They've already dropped the dome by that point. You said that. You yeah. said that. Now, have they got Freddy back by then? No, because Freddy... No, he's still Anthea, up there. Anthea, like, saves Freddy and the wizard from the pit and the dragon. Yeah. And they're in the labyrinth, and she's like, "Go these ways, and you'll go to this door, and you'll go back to your realm." They get to that door, and then Helen Mirren comes out first with the apple, and she has the power of Axis, which that is cool. What does that mean? She can change like the axis oh, of the world. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I'm like, when I was watching that, every time she used her power, that was very cool. I liked that a lot. Yeah, that was interesting. Um, yeah. So then they escape. No, they're about to, and then they see the apple. And they're like, oh, crap, we got to get that. They grab it, but then they make too much noise. And are we already at, like, the end? Am I missing something? I feel like I'm missing a, a whole, yeah, like, sequence or something. Yeah, they're unsuccessful in their attempt. So then I feel like, I just can't remember why they come, then the ladies come back to their realm. Cause, oh, because Lucy Lou's like, we're going to plant this in their realm. Yeah, and then they go to the Phillies baseball field and do it. Yeah. Um. By that time, I, I. So yeah, she like kills Helen Mirren, kills you know, stabs her, um, and then Anthea runs away. But she does before that. Lucy Liu does take away her powers with the staff. And that was cool that she that like was tries cool. to shoot her, and she changes the whole axis, and the shot was really cool. And then she stops, and the the bolt like still gets to yeah. her. And then she doesn't have the power, and then and then now it's like just a half hour of like chaos this tree is blossoming and then there's all these like a minotaur a troll cyclops and then these all weird of your demon mythological 
uh, demons and monsters come to life and are wreaking havoc on Philadelphia. Love while, their design. Yeah, while the effects are not great in this movie, um, I love that we got monsters again. I the think Shazam they spent movie. more time on them because yeah. they looked good. The, the unicorns looked really good. Yeah. Um, and so... So around this time, oh, but oh, but one thing, one thing that I thought was interesting, and I think it's a budgetary thing, but it was like there's three different types of monsters, and it's all just the same design. Yeah, and it's it's not like an orc, say, where it's like no two orcs look the same. Yeah, and and I was a little like that's a little shoddy, is what it felt like. Like these, it's like there's the troll type, there's the demon, uh, uh, vampire looking thing, and then there's the minotaur. And I was like, "Huh? They all—they all look exactly the same." And I—I I think that's just a budgetary thing. Yeah. But it didn't—it didn't bug me. I thought it was worth noting, though. Okay. You're, I don't think I really noticed that, but yeah, yeah. I, it's just—it's so unusual to see that. Yeah, that's true. Um, in unless it's like a horde of, like the same thing, the same exact thing, yeah. which happens far too often. But yeah. Um, one of the the demon bat things the director of the movie is running and it picks him up and throws him into the air and he falls and like splats somewhere. And that was pretty funny. Uh, love when a director gets himself killed in a movie. <laughs> it's just always like cool. Um, and then, then the main crew, they, they have talked to their parents now and told their parents that we're superheroes of quite funny sequence. Mm-hmm. And I do like how <laughs> I, I really like these foster parents in both movies how they're very much like they're they're so non-judgmental and they're so go with the flow that that their reaction when they tell them they're superheroes is not like, well, we need to talk about this, we need to figure it out. They're like, all right, cool, let's get in the battle wagon. And it's like you're calling it a battle wagon? Yeah, I thought it'd well, be more in the like spirit. They're, they're comparing the reactions to because in that same scene, Pedro says, "I'm gay," and everyone's like, "Oh yeah, we know, buddy." Right, it's like right. their reactions the same to them saying they're superheroes. I right, feel like right. that was almost the point. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. yeah. And and I like how I was hoping we would see them shazammed, yeah, uh, at some point in the movie because there was that point where they were like, "You guys ready to be shazammed?" And the yeah. dad's like, "Yeah, yeah." And so I, I was, I thought we were going to get that, and I that would have been fun, but it's okay. Yeah. Um, but then you know, battle action sequence well, craziness. I, I, I love this. So you know, the Billy needs to go do certain thing. Yeah. Um, Freddie's off trying to get Anthea. Yeah. And then the rest of the crew are like, well, what can we do to help people? Yeah. And how do you defeat these monsters? Steven answers the beasts of beasts. Uh-huh. Like is what they fear most. And it's like, well, okay, well, what's that? The unicorn. And I, and you know, the littlest girl is so excited by that. And I love that the wizard's like, no, 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 no. Like you guys have a certain concept of unicorns. They're actually like the most terrifying beasts ever. And they yeah. hate humans. Yeah. But they have to try anyway. So now, I've seen people complain about this next thing, which I think is absolutely bonkers. The Skittles and you're thing? you're a little too cynical if this is where you're going with it. People are like, "Oh, this is just an advertisement for Skittles," and I'm like, "No, I don't." I, I think that uh, I think Skittles, if one of our favorite movies is ET, we're allowed to have another Skittles candy has movie been going on. Taste the Rainbow for freaking years. Yes. They, they give them a little bit of a payoff, okay? I they, think it's literally this, their slogan. This, I laughed pretty hard at this part. Yeah. So, so they they going. find uh, where a unicorn is being born, and it's running after them. Running. I was at a little them. confused that that 
they established that they needed to find a unicorn, that and then there make... just was one. Well, I like that. Yeah, because yeah, we have these other monsters here. These are the only ones we're but seeing. But there's nothing so to I suggest there's a unicorn. So I guess it's logical to assume that there are unicorns here. Yeah, that didn't really make sense. Th- to there me. was like a missing page. It felt like there was. Whatever though, we got yeah. the unicorns. The little girl throws up Skittles into the air, and and it looks mean, and it's gonna like hit him. Yeah, and it eats the Skittles, and she says, "Taste the rainbow." <laughs> And it works, and all the unicorns are like, we love you! And the unicorns look so cool. Yeah, and they start chasing and killing all of the animals, goring them. Yeah. And and then she, this cute, small little girl, says... Taste the rainbow, motherfucker! And then it it like cuts with like one (laughs) of them like screaming or something. And I'm like, I mean, if you don't like that, I'm sorry. That's just fun. Yeah. Like maybe maybe you need to comment a little bit if you don't think that that's funny and you think that's just an ad for Skittles. That's a good moment. And and like they did establish Skittles early on in the movie because the little girl put Skittles in the pockets of her older sister. And her, which stained her jeans, and she was super pissed. And she's like, "What? Well, I thought you I thought you could use some. You might like it. It's yeah. just so innocent. It's great. Yeah, great payoff. And I like how she was never once scared of them. She's just like, okay. And they're like, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. This is a bad idea. Yeah. She's like, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh. So they're they're helping again. They're helping the civilians. And then Shazam, he's fighting um, Lucy Liu and the dragon. He he um so Freddie catches up to Anthea, Lucy Lou catches up to Anthea yeah. and is going to kill her. Freddie is trying I mean, there's nothing he can do but just like And it's cool that the dragon has that like thing that makes them stop in their tracks and stare at I it. I like that. That's yeah. cool. Um but Freddie's there basically to die with her because he he can't save her. But yeah. um that's when Shazam shows up and saves them and are they're trying to figure out what they can actually do. Yeah. And then there's something that alerts him to it's like a battery. Well, yeah. And and if the, the tree staff. is like overcharged, then um like the tree and the staff would be destroyed. Okay, or... I missed that part because of all the talking. Yeah. It, it, I think it was the tree specifically. Oh, okay. And so I like this too. He he lures and he goes well, to he Helen gets, Mirren yeah, and he he's like, Can I ask a favor? And he does, we don't see what it is. And then there's a sequence where they go into the Phillies stadium. And Helen Mirren brings the bubble down to just around the stadium. I wonder what element the dome is. (laughs) (laughs) Good point. (laughs) And then he starts just like creating a thunderstorm in there and like charging things up. And and he's like charging up the staff Mm -hmm. with like the breath of the dragon. And all of this, all of this looked cool. Yeah. Uh, it was really dark. The stark contrast of like the flashing lights with like the darkness, I thought was really I think great. It was a little too dark, but yeah, that's funny because I didn't feel cool. that way for once. Whenever there was like the there wasn't lightning stuff going on, it's like I don't know what's happening. Oh, that that but, felt less of like the Netflix low light bad lighting, and that felt more like we really want the lightning to crack. And, well, it like, did. And, it did. Yeah. So, and he's like charging up the bubble. And then he eventually like gets it to hit a tree and everything explodes. So to go back to our COVID thing, yeah, um, the dome was covering all of Philadelphia. Palomiran shrinks the dome very small uh-huh. because pe- people have been all staying within their own bubbles, and the bubble is just getting smaller and smaller and smaller because people are being responsible. And then, and then we just have two people left battling COVID. I mean, the, our superhero battling. And you know what he COVID. does? He injects. Yeah. A staff that's charged with something into a tree. Some would call it a vaccine. What have it you. It explodes and COVID's not an issue. Yeah. <laughs> See, it works. <laughs> it works. It's there. Um, 
So yeah, all of that happens. But it, t- it uses up all of his life force. So he ba- he sacrifices himself. Yeah. And I was kind of like, whoa. I, I was, and, and you know, I'm thinking also in my head, like, they're probably not going to make more of these That's movies. That's what I thought too. So I'm like, he died. Yeah. That's kind of wild. Yeah. And it felt earned and I, I liked it and everyone's really upset. So then they're like, well, we're going to bury him like a god. So yeah. they take him up to that realm. Mm-hmm. Um, the God realm, and they bury him. And then we hear, mm-hmm. and there's been a Wonder Woman bit throughout the movie. He, he fantasizes about Wonder Woman, yeah. which is very funny. But yeah, they say it was something- funny when when he so he has a dream that and that he's having dinner with Wonder Woman, and the camera is specifically not showing her face. Mm-hmm. And there was someone above us because of all the the stupid people that were at our showing, and they were like. Why are they not showing her face? <laughs> so dumb. Every last one of them. Um, but in, in this scene, they, um, so he's, he's dead. And basically, doesn't someone say like, you know, there's no way to bring him back. And it's like, well, there's like no more gods left. Yeah. And, and then she's that's like, when Wonder Woman there is one up. more. Yeah. And then she. She's the daughter of Zeus. Yeah. Okay. Sure. I think that's what I she so. says because when she, okay, guys, she brings him back to life. Yeah. And then he's And trying, brings the staff back to life. And the staff. Um, and she, he, he says to her, like, I know your dad's Zeus. I have Zeus's powers, but I feel like that doesn't really mean we're related. So yeah, like maybe yeah. we could go out sometime. I'm, I'm 18 in a couple of months. Yeah. Yeah. Funny. That's funny. Um, what's wild. And I had seen a screen cap of this, but they had released a trailer for Shazam two, like last week or the week before. And it had a shot of wonder woman in this last scene. Like with, Gal Gadot. Yeah. And I believe I believe it was a shot that showed Shazam behind her in the four. You know that how it's composed. Yeah. And so it's like if you were watching the movie and you remember that, you'd be like, "Well, he's definitely not dead." I don't understand that at all. Well, I think that the movie has had so low pre-sales. They're like, "Let's throw in another thing." Uh, Yeah, that's probably to get people to come. But I know the director was like that, like tweeting about like that kind of sucks for the people who would have fun being surprised by that. Yeah. Luckily for me, I thought, oh, maybe that was a misdirect and like the wonder woman scene was the restaurant scene yeah or or i i didn't notice that shazam was in the shot so i was like maybe she'll show up at the end yeah but i didn't notice. so i still kind of thought maybe he really is dead so then when she good for you but when she showed up i mean i'm like okay she'll probably bring him back to life whatever oh yeah but anyway i'm glad i didn't tell you about that because like a week ago remember i was yeah. like something you, you weird learned came a out. weird spoiler thing and i didn't want to know yeah um yeah back to life Family is a family again. United. Yeah. Kids get their powers back. Yeah. Wizard is going to hang out in their world for a while. Yeah. I liked that. That was fun. It kind of ended with him. And he's like, I'm going to turn into dust and be gone. And they're like, really? And he's like, no, I want to check out your world. It seems cool. I got an Uber waiting. I'll see you guys later. (laughs) (laughs) He looks awesome. I know. I know. Um, And then there's a couple post credit scenes. Yeah. One uh, was like, um, two of the su- Suicide Squad oh. people coming to James Gunn's James James Gunn's wife and the other guy, <laughs> <laughs> uh, James Gunn's son. We'll say okay. We'll make that up and say that they're like definitely the same age. <laughs> yeah. Um. He they, they go because they're recruiting Billy Batson, and it is pretty funny because they're like, "Okay, we want you to join the Justice," and he's like, "Absolutely, I am in," and they're mm. like. The, okay, great. Uh, so you'll be in the Justice Society. And he's like, is that the same as the Justice League? And they're like, no, because there's two different words. Mm-hmm. And he's like... But are they the same thing? 
No, they're different. They are different. So what's the Justice Society? I think it's the one... I think the Justice Society was the one that was in Black Adam that had Hawkman oh, and all that stuff. I'm not interested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but any, anyway, and that yeah, was funny. Yeah, then he's looking up synonyms on his phone. He's like, you could just use a different word. Oh, Avengers team or something. That, that one seems... I like that one for some reason <laughs> yeah. that it cuts. And then the very last credit scene was, upon reflection, because uh, at first I was like kind of annoyed by it, but upon reflection, I'm like, okay, that kind of rocks. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was funny. It has Mark Strong again, the villain yeah. from the first movie, and the caterpillar comes to him again. And, and wait, but this is the so in the first Shazam at the end of the movie, we get him and his cell with the caterpillar. And yeah, they're, they're you know it's very ominous and very foreshadowing of what's to happen. It stands to reason that upon, once that scene was over and the caterpillar left him, this next time we're seeing the caterpillar is how long it took him to leave and come back and talk to him again. Yeah. <laughs> so nothing's happened. <laughs> yeah. And then he's like, I got plans. And he's like, okay, what are there? Tell me, tell me. And he's like, just one more thing. And then he inches <laughs> away. <laughs> yeah, he's like, it took me two years to just go and get this information. I'm a caterpillar. I don't have legs. <laughs> but and I, who voices the caterpillar? I, I think the director does. It's so funny. I believe, yeah. Um, okay, double check it while I say this part. Um, but uh, yeah, the at first I was just kind of annoyed because it's like, I, I can't tell if they're trying to like continue to build this universe or not. But upon reflection, it's like they basically had a mid credit scene that's just a joke. Yeah, the director. Okay, cool. They just had one that's just a joke, and then they had one that's also like a joke that's – and I think I saw someone else say this too. It's like it's like both these credit scenes are almost making fun of credit scenes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so like thinking about it in that view of like, yeah, these credit scenes kind of rock. Yeah, I thought it was funny. So that's it. Shazam! We've been Shazammed. We've been Shazammed, and next week – you better load up your weapons, folks, because we are going with John Wick. Two hours and 49 minutes of John Wick, chapter four. And then you can finally hear the wonderful ending to the Three Colors trilogy in two <laughs> weeks. But thank you for listening. Please rate, please review, please subscribe, um, and please show other people the podcast. Mm -hmm. And upon doing that, also, anyone you know, even if... Even if they don't want to listen, just get them subscribed and give us five stars. Take their phone, ask if you can do it, you know, with all your friends, all your family. Because I'm sure the nice small group we have, I'm sure you know at least five people you can grab their phone and give us five well, stars. Your, what, was, what did it used to be called? Your family plan? Your five? Yeah, top five? yeah, your top five. Just just grab everybody's phone, rate, review, write a tiny, it doesn't even have to be a long review. Just throw in five words or whatever. Say I, I got, did this on my mom's phone. <laughs> I did this on my dad's phone. You know, maybe your kids have phones, you know, just like I said a few episodes ago, or actually I think in the future, this is how we win. <laughs> <laughs>